Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. So if you get a minute, check it out. And while you're tripping around the web, make sure you stop by Facebook and check out our group page. You can find it by going to www.famousapple.com forward slash group. That's www.famousapple.com forward slash group. So how are you feeling today, my friends? You're feeling good? You're feeling strong? You're feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. We've got a good one for you today. And speaking of our group, that's where our guest is from. Our guest today is Karen Liotta. She's a member of our Facebook group. And she is going to tell you a story, a love story between her and her husband. She was his caregiver. And she's going to tell you how she became his caregiver and what people expect from a caregiver and a whole lot more about nursing homes and how she went from being her husband's caregiver to working in a bank to going back to being a professional caregiver. And she still works as a caregiver today. Her story is an interesting one. It's a love story between her and her husband. And it's a love story between her and the people she takes care of today. It, it's going to tug at the strings of your heart. It's funny in parts, it's sad in other parts, it's romantic in some parts. You're really going to like this story. So sit back and relax. And I want you to meet Karen Liotta. She's a sweetheart. She's a lovely person. And you can't help but like her. That's all I can say. So as I told you, I have a dear friend of mine on with us today. Her name is Karen Liotta. Now, Karen originally came from the Bronx, but she decided to move out and move to <clears throat> Connecticut. Karen's been a caregiver all of her life. She took off for a while, thought she'd try her hand at banking, but she said she couldn't do that. She had to go back to caregiving. And now she's a professional caregiver again. I'm not going to tell you her age because I can't count that high. But <laughs> let's welcome Karen Liotta to the podcast. Hello, Karen. How are you today? Hi, Jim. I'm good. And interesting to hear my life story told in a short period of time. <laughs> and it sort, of, it sort of went that way. But... Actually, yes. Thank you for not giving away my age. I could. I, only I can't. Twenty-five. I, I only and, have two hands and one foot. I can't. Count. And, of course, <laughs> and and a crazy brain. And yeah, I was born in the Bronx, and which was wonderful growing up there, and had a, a wonderful neighborhood and challenges as I grew up, family-wise. And at a younger age, I had to help my mom, who was. Uh, unfortunately, then divorced and, uh, when it was not known to be, and helped with my sister. And was just always in me, always loved my baby dolls, so to speak. You know, I was always someone who cared and took care of. It was just, I mean, it's an innate part of me. And time went on, as it did, and it was helping my sister. And then time went on, I helped my sister again taking care of her and her children during different situations, uh, um, all, all with love. And that's why I was saying to you, Jimmy, I don't call care, not caregiving, not a caregiver. When we take care of one another, whatever the situation might be, it's from love. It's from our hearts that we do it. And every, how do I say it? You know, it could be a mother, father, sister, husband. It's just who, who you're there with. You do it from your heart. And 
fast forward, well, you know, I did, we moved, I, I threw my life. I'll give you a crazy story here. Okay. okay. I married a man 33 years older than me when I was, met when I was 21 and he was 57 and he was going through a divorce. We certainly didn't plan on, that was not my plan of action because I had a whole different thought of my life and was busy working and dating and but um, over the time, we became very good friends. And five years after being friends, we got married. There goes my story. We moved from the Bronx all the way up to Fallen, New York, raised our child. And our theory was, okay, you know, we'll get older than me and I'll be older than him and no, you know, whatever. I would, um, life, you take a chance in life. You never know. You don't think about age. During that time, so there you go. So now I'm married to a man older. You know, my mother is older. My father, God bless him, was older. My aunt and uncle, they were older. Things were going well until all of a sudden that age factor, now I'm in my 40s or 50s, and they are all older, and Lou even being older than them. And I didn't have anyone to fall back on. My brother was doing his piece. From being a vet, he had a lot of post-traumatic syndrome. My sister, I still had to take care of. So I had a lot of responsibility for family. And how do you do it, you know? You take it one day at a time. And fortunately, Jim, as you said, that I went into banking later on in life. Never thought I would do that because I'm the creative banker. I was able, during my period of banking and in business, I met a woman who was the head of the Alzheimer's Association. And she, then we're going back a good 25 years ago. That was my salvation of understanding. And also through, uh, we'd have different media in banking. You'd go, they'd have, I don't want to call it convention, but you'd, where you get to communities and you get the hostels together and you bet all of these businesses together. Mm-hmm. And, through I met hospice, a person representing hospice, and had conversation. And all of these little pieces helped me, in, in hindsight, to understand what my family members, and then eventually what my husband was going through. Can I just and interrupt there? Did your, yeah. hus- your husband had Alzheimer's? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Jimmy, Lou was... That's where my, oh, you don't know that story? Oh no, I didn't God. know that. Oh, my God. Jim, if, if we're odd about sharing this with you, let me tell you, we, Lou, when he, he, Lou worked until he was in his, his 80s, 82. Wow. So if anyone, this is, can be part of this story that you're going to hear. And 82 years old, he was physically fit, strong man, and, and I was working at the same time. And our son was in college. And one day, he, I got a call from our neighbor saying, oh, my gosh, I, Lou was in the market, and Pauline is a small town, and he, he'd forgotten how to get home. Oh. oh, my gosh. And it happened, It was, and that was like a one-time thing. Didn't happen again for a long time, but it happened once. So that was the beginning. So that's why I go back to that woman who's the, um, yeah, this is where my story really goes. And um, so he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I was still dealing with my mom, who was very ill, and my sister, who was having crazy times, and my uncle. So I had to juggle, and I was working. And I juggled it. I juggled. I made the best that I could. And what I found going through it all is you first, you you need a good support system. You have to be able to say, I need help. You have to keep a sense of humor, and you can't feel sorry for yourself. You have to take the joy out of what was and keep that going. Going to Lou with the Alzheimer's, I was able to find a daycare, and he was still with it. And we pulled up the daycare, and we both cried, but he knew he couldn't be, I working, he couldn't be home alone and didn't want to be. And they were wonderful. 
they included him as though he was working there with them, you know, and gave him a, a purpose. He needed, and that's the other part, Jim, everyone needs a purpose. That's right. Life. That's absolutely everyone. right. And they were so, oh my God, you know, I'd go and I'd bring him in the morning before I went to work. And then the afternoon they had a bus, a senior bus that would bring him to the bank back to me. And he, we were fine. You know, he, he, we, we accepted what where our life was and we continued to live. We never stopped living. Whatever family event, whatever party, wedding, going to the, whatever it might be, I never said I cannot go because we have, because Luke couldn't deal with it. We went and he participated. And one day we're driving down to an event, and he said, you know, Mike don't always dress nicely. And he said, how do I look? <laughs> and I said, handsome, because I dressed you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. You know, I had, it, it got to a point where I wasn't able to bring him to work anymore. That was another story I could go on and on about. But I, where I was at the day, where Lou was at the daycare, there was a woman who worked there. And so I reached out, again, reaching out, and I said, guys, I need help. Does, uh, uh, Lou cannot come back to the bank anymore. I'm going to be transferred over to another area. And this, do you know anyone who could help me out after daycare? So I needed daycare after daycare. And this Karen said to me, she wanted to hear it, my husband's just retiring, Bill, and let me, let me ask him. And she came back the next day. She said, yes, we can. And they brought him home. She, Karen brought him home with her every day after work at the daycare. And and then I would come after work to bring Lou home. And we, again, would keep ascending. Let me tell you, it's exhausting because I work to come home. It's like having a child. Right. And <laughs> the one day, I'll make you laugh, Jim. So one day, and Lou loved gadgets. He liked sunglasses, uh, anything that was different, you know, a hundred pair of sunglasses or different, what would I say, can over, or I don't know, just gadgets. Right. Anyhow, anyhow, he said, <laughs> so I got him home one night and takes out of his pocket eyeglasses. <clears throat> they were Bill's eyeglasses. So I called Bill and I said, Bill, are you going to read the newspaper tomorrow? <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, nope, you're not. No, you're not. Lou has your glasses here. <laughs> and... We go shopping. I say, you don't keep your hands on that wagon, Lou. Don't touch anything. <laughs> we don't want me to go to jail. We would tease because he said, oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. And so I'm trying to bring in the sense of humor. I had a great support system. My son, you know, and his wife helped me tremendously. I had hip surgery. I, oh, something my that mother was going to come and take care. She, she couldn't anymore because she had ended up being diagnosed with glaucoma, no, macular degeneration. And Lewis and Christy and baby Kaya, this is, she was one year old, came and they stayed and they took care of him while I had my surgery. They worked. He drove his father every day to daycare. She went to work. To, you can't, I keep, I can't emphasize enough if you don't have the immediate family to help you, you need to then say, go back to the daycares, go back to wherever you can reach into your community. Don't feel, don't let it, don't feel guilty, don't feel embarrassed. Just reach out. Exactly. And, oh my God, I could go on, Jim. So there you go. Nothing back on the back part. I'm, I'm, I'm fast forwarding to, what happened with Lou, because this is where, where I'm working now, why I'm there was meant to be, okay? So with Lou, uh, we did that for a while. Then he ended up taking a fall, and he had to go to a medical-based daycare. And the medical-based daycare said to me, you can bring, it's a nursing home in, in Putnam Ridge. I love them. They were wonderful. And you, Lou can come here every day. That was different, because that was a very expensive, but... But as long as he can get into the car. If he can't get into the car anymore, he can't come. Uh -huh. And they didn't say it that way, but right. more or less. And I said, okay. Oh, uh, my brother built be the ramp for him to get up and down in the wheelchair. I got him up every day. We got there. We were there 7 o'clock in the morning. 
And in the afternoon, I'd get back over at 5 o'clock, 5.30. And one day I got there, and they said, Lou can't come anymore. I said, well, I'm going to die. What are you talking about? Well, because I said, he can get in the car. I said, no, you're killing yourself. And they talked to me about, they have an Alzheimer's unit, a dementia unit right there at Putnam Ridge. And they said, he's, he's time. And they worked with me. And so that's how, for four years, he was at the nursing home. And, but during that time, I was just not even thinking, never even gave it a thought. Never even gave it a thought. I just, we were just Karen Luke. You know, <laughs> when I pull up, Jimmy, and I could, I, I smile because when I would pull up at night to pick him up, and the woman who would, she volunteered to work overtime for me, she'd say, she said, you know, this is just a beautiful love story. And especially because of her age difference, you know, and when they realized, and I said, there aren't any, I said, there, we were inseparable. We had our souls met, and that was it. There was no going back. So while he was at, so going on to being in the environment of people who uh, are loving and caring and uh, who need, and others who need more care, and... Uh, we became very well in four years he was at Putnam Ridge. And you know me, I'm a social butterfly, so, you know, we would go about and visit and talk to every single person. We never sat still when I was there every single day after work and on the weekends. And I sort of knew, Jimmy, it was sort of my calling because I could see how, how can I say, even in... In their dining area when I would get there, and they were, again, wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, some folks needed more help than others, and some folks recognized earlier on that they were waiting for their dinner where others didn't realize that their dinner wasn't, they didn't miss it yet, so to speak. Right. Reverse. And I would say, guys, when I get there, is it okay if I help out? They could get in trouble because they said, oh, I said, that's Okay. Those folks who are sitting waiting for their dinner and they know that their dinner is coming, <laughs> I can do that, and then you take care of the others. So my my eye was always on the making everyone feel comfortable and be take, taken care of. But that's you. That that's that's you to a T. You're yeah. look, you're looking to make other people feel comfortable. Yep. And. I have to say, I, I've I've always known that about you. Since since I met you. Yet the you you exude that, that, you want to make other people feel comfortable. Since who so I am, Jimmy. Yeah, I was born. Margie will tell you that sometimes it's just family. Okay, you know, because yeah, yeah, uh, we're so up, so funny. We're I'm not, not not opposite. She cares too, but opposite in our our um, openness. Oh, I know. Uh, no, no yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I know Margie. Margie wants to help. Margie, <laughs> Margie will also help me by putting a bat across my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But it, but in the in, inside of her, she's just full of love. Oh, know? she she's, is. She, she is. Don't get me wrong. I know. I'm I know. Not... We were born. We're so we're babies, babies in the carriages together. We have a lot of. We know our stories. But that's you, you can't explain it. You know. The Ryans, oh my God, I wouldn't, I don't know how I would have survived without them. You can edit this because this is my part of it. In my own childhood, you know, to have, well, maybe not. It's called caring. Maybe you can keep that in there because having loving people in your life that they, the Ryan family, um, became my, they were my family. And they, I never, I'm sure, and I said that to, Christine and Tara sometimes. I'm sure Barbara probably said, oh, my God, here she is, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they opened, I never felt that I was uh, an outsider. No. They were just very open. They were very caring. Mr. and Mrs. Ryan, they were my, my mother and father. And, um, and Barbara and Mary. And, uh, and even when, oh, my God, you know, when Mary was on her own after Don died, and I was able, I worked where I worked in New York City. I didn't have to be there until 10 o'clock. Um, 
and Mary needed, she was starting a job working at the hospital, so she had to be there at seven. And no, no one else had the, you know, my timing was the only one with the right timing. I didn't even think twice about it. I got up in the morning, go over there, get the kids ready for school, and whatever I had to do to wake the four of them up, get their breakfast and get them out. You know, come home, get dressed, and go off to work. It was something I wanted to do. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a chore. It was just I enjoyed it. You but, know, you know that that was also a sign of the times, though. That was the way it was back then. You wouldn't that would be unheard of today. You know that. I don't know. According to the people you're with, Jim, I don't. This know. is true Maybe too. The this, trusting part is gone. You know. This is true too. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think. I think within. Yeah, growing up in a building like we would call it the, our building. You know, it's with one big family, and you, you, your doors were never locked. They were always open, and you had a lot of trust. But there are others out there that we don't hear about. You know that. Um, who do the same? Well, you know, you got to think about it. There's caretakers all over. There's caregivers all over. Like, people don't realize it. The police, nope. they're caregivers. Firemen, nope. they're caregivers. Nope. The military, they're caregivers. Yep. They're, they're taking care of all of us. Yes. The, Absolutely. Yep. The, the local... They're their life. They're... they're, they're Everyone, yeah, they're putting their life on the line for others. Exactly. But that's even more, that's, that's extraordinary. I look, at, I, I look at my wife, and I think to myself, and I've said it to her many a times, if it wasn't for her, I probably would have been dead a couple of years ago. Because right. she, she, pushes, she pushes me sometimes to do things that I'm supposed to do, that if I was on my own, I probably wouldn't have done. And that's human nature, Jimmy. And it, it is human nature. We need to have, we need to have support. Back to that same thing as we're saying, we have to support one another. And so, going from, I'll go back to, you know, Lou then was at the nursing home, and then unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. four years he passed. They, uh, you know, it's funny. So I'm left there. I was still working. And I hadn't sold my house yet in, in Pauline. And uh, oh, I had, actually. I sold it four months before, but I hadn't retired. And they asked me, they wanted me to come there to work. And uh, I said, well, I couldn't make a commitment yet. And right across from where I live, as you know, there's a place. That I can't I can't say names. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think, right. you know, where I work. And, and I knew, and it's it's for assisted living, and you know, so on and so forth. And even independent, they have different levels. And came over here, and I said, I went on. I went over there when I first moved in to say, Do you need any help? Because I knew where my heart called me again. And twelve years went by. Thirteen years went by. And I, well, twelve because I'm there four. I don't know. Can't do my math right now. But anyway. At some point, as you know, I needed. I said I have to go back to work. I had to. I had to find a place to be. Financially, I needed to. And I said, where could I? And a friend, a young friend, who happened to have know someone over there, said, I know someone who's the executive director. And I gave her my resume. She helped me with it. That's how I got there. So I got hired. And I knew it was my calling again to be in the right place. So going back, like you're saying, from my childhood and to Lou and to and oh my God, where I am, I am able to share, and I do that a lot, because there are, again, they're older than me, which is old, <laughs> and their husbands have, have are having dementia, let's say, or issues, and I have become their, they, they can talk to me, and I share with them. And they communicate, you know, to be able to be open and not be afraid of what you're feeling and, and not, not to be, afraid. again, going back to say, I need help. Or I say to them, it's okay to keep a sense of humor. And it's, um, there's a fine line in all of that. But you don't want to masquerade your feelings. You don't want to just laugh and say, oh, this is fine. You know, it's, there's a line there. But if that person 
when I say keep a sense of humor, um, I'll give an example. One of the gentlemen will walk by and I'll say to him, hey, handsome, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And and, and his wife, no, we laugh. And, and, you know, as he's walking by the dinner, you know, with his walker, and, you know, and he remembers. And he turns and I said, I don't know if he sees me. He's waiting for that. Hi, handsome, how you doing? I teach, I teach crocheting and knitting to people who are 94 years old. Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. Some are younger, some older, some remember, some don't. And I had a woman come this week. <laughs> Can't say her name, but, and she, she oh, I forgot my stuff. Well, I knew she would. And I said, okay, let me get to you. I've got everything right here for you. Let me get it for you. Patience are a virtue. That's what I have to, that's my other thing. You have to have a lot of patience. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Lot. And that comes from the heart, Jimmy. Everything comes from, you, you have to be that kind of a person. Comes from the heart. And got it going on it. And there she goes. Okay, see that? You can do it. Another person who is probably in her late 70s, maybe 80. And she, nope. I want, she knitted. She wants to learn how to crochet. Never crocheted before. Gave her a couple of this. Oh, okay. Like she picked it up immediately. You have another one who will, oh my God, every week, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh my God. Got to hit you right over the head, I say to her. But I make light of it. I said, you know what? Again, I can't say names. We, and I do this. It's just it's so funny. Uh, when Christine and Margie, hopefully they can come tomorrow, that Christine gets back from Florida because um, I have a room full of blankets and things I can show them. She, so she said, oh, what are you going to do with that? I said, don't you worry about it. We make something out of everything. And so we're working on this little project to make a, over the chair kind of a, where you can put your remote. I said, just just keep going. No, we'll go back. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It, all my favorite words are, it's okay. It's okay. You know, yeah, been there, done that. Take it easy. Don't worry about it. Let's smile. Life is good. Sometimes, yeah, you you have to take it from there, Jimmy. You can't, like you do. You are my inspiration. Well, you know, I just want to add something to this, though, because I always tell this to people that have the disabilities, but this also works true for the caregivers. It has to. It has to get to you at some point that you feel like, you up past your throat that it's it has to get to you and it's okay i think to have a pity party you have to get it out of your system because if you try to hold in all the emotions because after a while you have to admit karen that you have to look at everything around you go oh my god i gotta do this again all right you may not voice it but that may be the voice in your head and you have to... And I do. You know, I talk to Marcia. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. So but... when I... So, you know, I'll come home, and I was like, oh, my God. Because she was teaching with me. So she knows the folks. She's not teaching with me anymore. We also teach up at the Woodbury Senior Center. But, yes, you are absolutely right, Jimmy. You have to you let have that steam to, off. You have to. You have to be sad. Right. You have to seem... You have to... A reality. This is reality. How... Yeah, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. You have to be be able to bang the table sometimes. You have to be able to scream out loud. You have to be able to stamp your feet, get it out of your system, and then just breathe deep and clean clean it all out. And then you can go back with a fresh head and start all over again. You can't bottle that all up inside you because you're going to explode at some point. Exactly. And that's where, again... We're going back to support, support system, so at different levels. So, for instance, starting where I am now, my support system will, would be, like I talked to my daughter or I'm talking to you, on a daily basis, I would, because the Martian, I would back and forth. I'll say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is what happened today. And, you know, it's heavy on your heart. And... And the, some of the other women that I'll work with. So 
so we, I can release that my immediate what's you know my life to now and right now. Back when it was with Lou, I had I had a wonderful I, and I still do support system. I even took care of Lou's daughter Pat. Oh my God, that's another story. And that wasn't. I mean, I'm not. Let me say this: I'm not one to say I'm here. And I need to be your caretaker. So it's it's the way it all all care lover, as I'm saying. Right. In her case, it was caretaker. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Margie knows Pat, so she you, she would know what I'm talking about. But she was my daughter, so to speak. You know, my adopted my stepdaughter. Yeah, she's your daughter. And uh, she helped me during times, but and I tried to help her, but she was a very demanding person. And you know what? All right. Hawk, we got on this subject. Very interesting that you're bringing this up. See, I forget. (laughs) Oh, This is the whole idea here. This is interesting. Now, okay. Now you go back to the kind of person you're taking care of. Okay. I got you, Jimmy. Okay. So now I'm taking care of Pat, who is like, well, I need this right this second. And, oh, you didn't get the right one that I needed. Oh, well, really? And I'm driving from Connecticut to New York, to the Bronx. Okay, did that, did that. Well, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is right, I need it, I need blah, blah, blah. And I don't, so she, um, I was her power of attorney and her health care proxy, and my niece, I had my niece Cookie with me, thank God, because I'd have her before I killed that, right? And I got to the point, okay, wow. God, you're good at this, Jimmy. You should be a psychologist. <laughs> really? I forget, you know, things you forget. I'm not that yet. So, okay. The other side. <laughs> the other side. So, there, I said, okay, I cannot do this anymore. Because there is no taking care of her. No making it any better. For instance, when she was in the nursing home, uh, she had COPD. She had a few things. She had a lot of things going on. And um, she lived in the apartment in my niece's house in the Bronx, and and who was the same age as she. And so she's in, she wanted to come home. We said, well, no, they're not, you're not ready to come home. They're not going to let you out. Well, I'm coming home. So my niece, Cookie, the daughter of the one living there, I said, Cookie, we have to sign our life away. We say, okay, we're going to get full-time aides. You come home, you cannot leave that nursing home unless we say you're getting a full-time aide. She went through all her money, unfortunately. But she didn't have a lot. But as we went through it, and thank God, so Norma, when I would say to one another, and Norma was their same age, what she, Norma would come in and she'd say, what are you doing, Pat? Why, why are you bothering me? <laughs> why? Oh, just checking in on you to see how you're doing. The long and the short would be, I finally got to a point. She went through so many aids, couldn't tolerate her behavior. And I went down there this one day, and I had the mail, and sitting with her, and said, oh, Pat, look, there's a nice Christmas card here for you. And she's sitting, of course, she said, and I gave it to Eve to give to her. And she said, she threw it on the floor. I said, oh, you don't really want the Christmas card? I didn't say it that way. I was trying to be nice. By then, we were having our time, though. And she was so opposite of her father. I said, okay. Picked it up. I said, you know, Pat, I'm done. I walked out. And then I never went back. I didn't go back physically. I was there to take care of her. But I didn't go back physically. Because, just as you were saying, it was taking a different kind of an emotional toll on me. And sometimes you have being, to do that. You have to walk away from it. I was being abused. Yep. Yep. So in our conversation for care loving, oh my God, wow, for care loving, I did try care loving with her, but it didn't didn't work because she didn't know how to accept not being catered to, (laughs) being whatever. She didn't she didn't didn't respect the time of others, not me only, but even others who would be down there to take care of her. You didn't do this right. Oh, I didn't get this on time. I want this right now. Why didn't I get my tea? Where is the tea? That kind of a personality. I've seen that a million times. For as many times as I've been in the hospital, I've seen that a million times. People doing that with the nurses and the doctors and the aides. They're so self-centered that 
it gets to a point where you can't help everybody all the time. And the bad thing is when it comes with family, like what you're saying, people that are trying to take care of family, they feel guilty, which is wrong. They feel guilty if they don't bend over backwards. And if they walk away from family, they feel even worse. You know, like they did something wrong. And it's it's not. It's not. You can only do so much. And that's what I'm saying. You have to, the caregiver, whether you're family or not, the caregiver is entitled to a pity party. Because you can only do so much. And then you have to walk away. And you have to let the steam off. You have to blow that steam out. Otherwise, you're going to explode. Yeah. And that's what going to say... In, in the respect of according to what it is to have support systems be like with Lou like where he was able to go out for the day to you know it was like going to a senior citizen you know where I go now a senior mm-hmm. citizen locale for you so he was okay he's being taken care of he has a, a good day excuse me and I had I was working and even if you're not working I would say to everyone in the older population, even if you're not working, just like you're saying, Jim, it's a good thing to have that time to yourself because you need to regenerate your energy. Can I ask you a question about the place sure. where you're working? How many people are are putting people into nursing homes and just leaving them there? Where I am, it's not a nursing. I know all right, to, where I work, it's not a nursing home per se. We have independent living, assisted living, uh, the villa for Alzheimer's, and uh, another another area that's for um, a lower, more more need of assisted living. Okay. And Sorry about that. How that? No, no. I'm saying so. It's different. You're right on this. No. So most of those in the independent and assisted living, I would say. It's, three quarters of them, if not more, because they've decided to come this way to live in here because they need to be close to their kids and they're paying a lot of money for it. No, I'm sure. A lot of, yeah. Some are not. Some are there because their families are all over the place and they're not here and they just want them to be taken care of and they don't come. I can tell you how many what you're saying is, there's another way to look at it too, Jim. Those people who are living there, it's not that even though they can afford it, doesn't mean they were dumped there, but they still are sort of dumped there sometimes because the family doesn't come to see them. That, that A lot me. of ways to look at being dumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just, that, that just kills ways. me. Yeah. And I, and I know true well how many, there were a good amount. And then uh, one of the other nursing homes, because what, like, what I teach in the crocheting and knitting at the senior center in here, donate to Safe Haven for Battered Women and then to other nursing homes where it is Medicaid-based. Right. And that's where you see, oh, my God, dumping. Yeah. And Marcia and I went down there. We go there often. From a, one of the women whose mother-in-law, not that she was on medic, she wasn't on Medicaid, but she was at a point where her aid was going back to whatever, wherever she lived, and she couldn't be there, and they couldn't take care they couldn't find a nursing home without having to go through the whole rigmarole of paperwork to take her until paperwork was completed at Medicaid, <sighs> Medicare, whatever the right. you know, the forms. And and she was she was going to die, but they, they they were in a really bad spot. And this one place down in Danbury, and I'll tell you that Lutheran, the Lutheran take Paul's Lutheran home, and they open their arms to her without any paperwork. Really? Because they're Medicaid, yes. And she told us that story, and she, her mom-in-law died shortly thereafter. She was, And so Marcia and I bring a lot of the blankets down there because they don't have family. A lot of the people, she did, this woman who passed, but they, we went in there. It's a wonder, they're clean, they're, I mean, a life, a very nice place. And anyone who's there, from what we could see as we went in, they're fortunate to be there being on Medicaid because you can get horror stories. And anyway, so we donate a lot of the wheelchair blankets, shawls, twiddle muffs, you know, anything that will keep anyone comfortable in their 
you know, the, the, that's all like the twiddle months of dementia. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people do. They just, they can't handle it. And you, where are you going? And I know where you're going with it, Jimmy. It's, it's so true. Our society has changed because we are all over the damn place. Where when you and I were young, I won't get you in my age bracket, but well, we... I am, actually, but go ahead. <laughs> More family. You, you family took care of family. Right. And now, families, everyone is all over the continent. And you know, all it, the world, the whole world. And they're not, they're so busy that they don't have the time. You know, it's one thing to, to put someone in a, in, into a nursing home because their care is above your pay grade, say. Yeah, but you go and visit, and you keep them in the loop, or you know, you you know what I'm saying. But now yeah. it just seems people just say, "Well, you know, uh, Grandma or Uncle Bob, you know, he, we can't take care of him, so put him there." Yeah. And what are we doing? Are we going to go see Uncle Bob this weekend? No, yeah. we're going to go to the beach, or yeah. we're, we're going for a picnic, or we're going to Virginia, or we're going. So you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind now. Where before... I think it comes from not thinking about some of the families I've met where I am. I mean, I know your family, I know my family, they would be there for us all of the time. But yeah. and I were one of... I don't know what I'm only there on the certain days, but I can count on my hand those that are there every single week. And they have one person that comes up. Um, God bless her every works all the time she's whatever they can do she's there every sunday to take her mother out and that's the best she can do because she works you know she's and she's about two an hour and a half away right but she'll do, yeah i, I understand so, but that very, yeah it's a very different world we're living in very different world now i want to i want to ask you karen what did what are some of the things you should look for if you you got to put just say god forbid you have to put mom or dad into a assisted living home. What are some of the things that you should look for when you when you're going to look at these places? What are what are some of the red flags? Well, put it that way. That well, you should... first of all, I would say, um, unfortunately, go online and see what their reviews are. I would say you want to spend, you want to re- be there and walk around and have the opportunity to ask that. You want to just be able to stop in and see how they're taking care of everyone, you know. So just uh, uh, oh, I'm stopping by just and walk, do a walkthrough spontaneously, ask questions about their. I, I, don't, I think probably you could go health-wise. If, if there was anything, there's a site I'm sure online you could Google and to say their, their their reputation, their safety issues, how many yays and nays. You know, wherever you are, and I don't. Every state is very different. You know, as to their check, 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 check as to what they they've been proved of and what they no no bad. No, what do I want to say? No bad badges. You know, nothing that's gone wrong. And I have to, and I hesitate on that because with the two with COVID, it's been really bad for every kind of healthcare situation, not even just in, in hospitals, doc, everyone. So it's a tough one right now until we get back on track. But it's reading about the place, going to it, go a couple of times. You just yeah. see how, walk through it, see how they're taking care of those patients. Like your place. And not just in the morning, go in the afternoon. Sam, I'd like to come over in the evening. I want to see how, just find... When Lou was in uh, Putnam Ridge, I mean, you go different times. You can never guarantee it's not, sometimes it's not the actual place. It's the people that they, it's, how do I say it with not being fresh? Um, <laughs> Whisper yeah. it to me and I'll so be fresh. Think, the company, they're, they're, they could be a very good company and they're hiring people to work for them with credentials, but those credentials, and I, I'll give you an example. When I had my second hip done, I went to Putnam Ridge, where Lou was. Oh, I love it. And my friend Kathy was staying with me at that time because she was going through a divorce. And she said to me, oh, my God, you're in the nursing home in a wheelchair and holding hands with Lou. And you're 33 <laughs> years younger. <laughs> we laughed. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So I'm here. And anyway, my roommate was, she had 
a lot of issues with her bones, and so she was bedridden. And there I go again. I can't help it, who I am. Being the advocate. Oh, my God. This the eat. She's ringing the buzzer. I need to be ringing. No, no, no. No one comes. No one comes. And then the aide comes in and doesn't change her. She takes a ginger ale. Alrighty. Well, you know, that aide paid big for that one because I didn't let that die. That was horrible. And uh, so those are the types that goes on all over. And it's the quality and the thought process of the people working these night shifts. And so... there's no perfect place. You just have to be proactive and be there and let them know you're there so they don't do anything that they shouldn't do. <laughs> now, if I was thinking about putting someone in, in, in your place where you work, and mm-hmm. if, I can, if I just showed up there, they would let me walk in there? If you came in to say, I'm thinking about, usually with the, with the rehab end of it, there are different ends. So if you were going in from a hospital to come there to be taken care of to get better, that might be long-term, you don't know, then it's the liaison from the hospital to the nursing home part of it, we'll call it that nursing home part of it. So you then, so that liaison would say, okay, when Pat, my daughter, was in that situation, I had to do it a few times. What are your, what, what are your preferences? And my niece, Cookie, thank God, her husband is a pharmacist and we, they're in East Chester, so we give them our preferences of where, when she was released, to go. If they had an opening, because not everyone does. So once you do that, you can give three preferences, and yes. Then I can call, you know, and I'll press it over to the, that area. Can I come over? I'd like to have a tour. I'd like to see what, I'd like to see it. Yes, absolutely. You have the right to say, let me come and see what this place is like. Well, I know, I know now Tara did that for me. Mm-hmm. With the with this last time with the stroke, and I know I, I know that. And I, I shared that. I ended yeah. up in Phelps, and Phelps was beautiful. I love Phelps. Yep. I was in Burke once before, and Burke is a beautiful place. But that was in Burke, so I knew Burke. They did. She she was like, oh my god, back then she's they're working me so hard. See, there she was, the princess. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually I Pat, working hard because they want you to get better. Oh well, I don't want to get up that time in the morning. I want to get up at this time in the morning. Oh well, tough cookies. Oh, I I actually I actually like Phelps better than Burke. I mean, Burke was beautiful, but mm-hmm. Phelps was individual. Where Burke was more classes. So, but that's yeah. another story. I know I had read Adele of both of them, and so yeah. But Tara did. So you're saying. You know, Tara did her research. Yeah, no, no, they they took her for a walk, you know, through the yeah. through the unit and everything. But the my thing is is that the liaison can show you the best. I want to be able to walk into a place, or in my case, roll into a place, and <laughs> and look for myself. That's that's my thing. I I'm very hands on. Like I have a very hard time shopping online. Like some people me can. Too. Go, I do. I agree. I too. Yeah. Some people can go and say, "Well, I like this pair of pants that are on, you know, on the internet." Me, I have to go and see the pants. Uh, it's like people can read the newspaper online every day. I like to have the newspaper in my hand for some reason, yeah. or a book. But you know, when uh, to say to you, I know what you're saying, but going back again, I'm going back 21 years ago. Well, back then, uh, when I had my first hip surgery. And I was working over in Poughkeepsie. And, oh, no, it wasn't Poughkeepsie. I was over in Fishco. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to rehab. Well, I had no idea, you know. So I went through recommendations. I didn't have the opportunity to go over to check them out. But what I did at that particular time was I chose it because, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this one. I said, okay, it's around the it's around the corner from where I work, so I knew all of my girls would give me some food, <laughs> and they'd come see me. My sister, my crazy sister, and my mother and my brother lived in that area, so I'd have the people there. I knew my kids would bring Lou over, which they did um, on the weekends, because during the week, they were, all of them were busy. And I got there, and you're going to laugh. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you're making mm. me remember all this shit. Uh, <laughs> I get there, and 
they bring me in, and I was up, was up, I was at the hospital, I was up, I was walking, and I get to the place, and they bring me into the nursing home, into the room, and I said, I'll have to go to the bathroom. Oh, no, you can't go to the bathroom. What do you want to take care of the bathroom? <laughs> Hold it. I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, you have to wait for them to check you out. Ah, I'm sorry, Rob. I don't do your part. <laughs> so, and then, so that was the beginning of how I handled them. <laughs> <laughs> But they know they wouldn't let me up. Oh, you got to check your body in case you've been abused. I have not been abused. I am not 95. I was 51. <laughs> I keep like, get over it, guys. But I had to follow protocol. Little did I know. I didn't appreciate their responsibilities. <laughs> and and so, therefore, you know, so, yeah. But the, the place was otherwise it was pretty good once I got used to being there. So, you know, I, but that's why I chose it, not I, not thinking about oh, the care. Hello. I ended up getting very sick in the end. There was a terrible flu going around. <laughs> I was coming home and I couldn't get home. But, yeah, you know, it's human nature, huh? It is. Definitely. How we, we decide on things at the time we do. Yeah. Oh, oh. my God, you're killing me tonight. Well, <laughs> I want to... Oh, my I want to thank you for sharing your story with us because it's been interesting and it's been informative, actually, very informative. I hope so, Jimmy. It has, and, and it's opened my eyes to quite a few things. And, you know, it's given the, uh, you know, people don't appreciate caregivers, especially some of the people who are disabled don't appreciate what caregivers go through. I've had people on here that tell you how rotten some of the caregivers are but you've actually opened eyes tonight because you you've let people know what's going on besides some people think that the caregiver's life is dedicated to caring for them forgetting that you have a life other than them if you know what i'm saying you have you have a life you have your own trials and tribulations that you have to deal with besides taking care of them even though you like you said care loving you love taking care of them but you also have a life you also have a life of your own you have you to take care of and if you just dedicate taking care of somebody else you lose your identity and that's why i go back to you need to reach out and ask for help and every community has going back to the daycare for lou those years that he was i mean they, they're, and every, I'm sure so many communities have that, I hope so, so that you have that time to yourself. You have you know, to have time to yourself. I was working, so I needed it. But even if you're not working, and I say that, I have said that over and over as people I've met over the years. You can't. You have to take care of yourself. If you don't, then you will lose it. Right. You know, you and have to have, have you to have the time. You can't feel yeah. guilty about wanting time for yourself. And right. too many people do, especially when it's family that you're taking care of. Yep, I know. That's and what I say. You have in a roundabout way, and this is this go this gets put on the shoulders of the person with the disability. They make them feel guilty. It's like, oh you're going out, you're leaving me here with so and so? And that's wrong. That is so wrong. The person that's giving that is taking care of you, has a right to their own life. They have to have their own life, or they're going to go crazy. They don't, you know, in, in the mind, I know, yes. And not everyone can can see the light at the end of the tunnel for that, in that respect. Even, Jimmy, even with people like I see what, where I am, I, even the people who are independent have a lot of, they all have AIDS, a lot of them have AIDS. And they're independent, but they can afford AIDS. They just, but that's a whole other story. We'll put it on on verbal, and someone will say this. Will say, oh, 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 they're, they're helicoptering me. Well, you, but they're they're there because that's their job to take care of you. You've hired them to take care of you, so they want to make sure you're safe, and they want to make sure. I said, be grateful for the person that's overlooking you to the point that you're overlooked. At I mean not over you know uh, overwatched then, yeah overwatched thank you other than the other one who will be saying oh my god that they're sleeping in the chair you know I, there is an equal medium I'm sure but better have the person that's going to be overwatching you 
than not. And, and that's human nature, Jimmy, too. But I also think, too... Independence on, on the other end of the spectrum of the person who needs to have help, but they don't want to be overwatched either. But there's some people, you know? too, that, for lack of a better saying here, get off on having people watch them. But then when they overwatch them, then it gets annoying. They want people right. to, you know, they want that attention. And they crave that attention, good, bad, or indifferent. They crave the attention. And then all of a sudden it gets to be too much for them. They don't want it yeah. all the time. Yeah, you know, it's like crying well, wolf. They don't do, yeah. And that's, I don't know. But that's I it. know, I know. There's, you know what, Jimmy? It's called human nature. We can never, there's no, there. there's an equal medium to a degree, and yet there's not. And every day, I think, we should, there should be, oh, maybe that should be something here podcasting. Um, and maybe there's something out there already on it to think of for the future in my mind i'm seeing a list of how to take care of someone and for the person being taken care of how to let someone take care of you right exactly and 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 have it i'm giving you that visual so i'm going to leave it up to you and have a go from how to take care of someone go to you know how <laughs> my mind i'm looking up in the ceiling right now visualizing the two columns with those questions hey you know what that might be something you could. That's you're gonna put that out there in your even if it's in Jimmy Apple and, and what I see on Facebook, but somewhere let that put that that those columns there with all the questions that we could think of how the letter that and how did on each end um, and what would you want? How do you expect or what do you look for? And <laughs> <laughs> let the, <laughs> let the person being taken care of answer and if they have someone taking care of them it's like a quick like, like just a quiz just like hello how do we how do we get along and let the person taking care of them answer those questions then i did like yeah you got what i'm saying right because i'm tired so i can't <laughs> now i'm emotionally i'm emotionally like oh but some way because what we're getting from what we're just talking about is emotion <laughs> respect well Karen, Karen, this is yeah. been, this has been great. This is, this has been great, and I want to I want to thank you for coming on tonight with us. You are so welcome, Jimmy. It's been my pleasure, and, and my pleasure. I definitely oh, I definitely want to have you back on. Definitely, I'm right there with you, darling. We have a lot more to discuss. Yep. So absolutely. But thank you again. We're a team. You got it. Yep. And I'll love you. Love you too. I'll talk to you again soon. Okie dokie pokey. All right. I want to thank Karen for coming on the podcast today and sharing that incredible story. And I want to remind all caretakers out there to remember, take time for yourself. It's very important. Remember, you're a person too, and you have to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. And I want to remind everybody, stop by the group page. That's www.famousapple.com forward slash group. And if you want to tell your story on the podcast, send me an email at jimmy at famousapple.com and we'll talk and we'll get your story on the podcast too. Maybe you can inspire other people as well. And I want to remind you of one more thing. No matter what, things can always be worse. That's right, my friends. Things can always be worse. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse. Hey, We've got so much more coming up on the podcast. On our next episode, we got, <laughs> we've got the glamorous granny coming up on the next episode. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, her name is Lynn Bowman, and she's got a new book out. It's a cookbook for people with diabetes and other people that just want to live healthy. You may be thinking, oh, another vegan. Nope, not a vegan, but it's good for vegans. It's good for vegetarians. It's good for anybody. 
And <laughs> this lady's crazy. She's great. She's absolutely great. And she wants to help. She's not looking to make millions off of anybody. She wants to help. And I enjoyed the conversation with her so much. I know you're going to enjoy it as well. So make sure you're here for the next episode. That's with Lynn Bowman, the glamorous granny. (laughs) She's a pip, I'm telling you. You're not going to want to miss it. Hey, listen, thank you very much for being here today. You've been listening to An Apple A Day. My name is Jimmy Apple, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to An Apple A Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.